Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vonna Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me, and just like you, my best decade still ahead. I'll take you inside real life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. We all know what it's like to feel overwhelmed. It's one of the emotions I despise the most. It's so draining, so de-energizing. Fortunately, I'm learning to listen to what that feeling is trying to tell me and take care of it. It's something I hear from my clients so often too, that they feel overwhelmed. In today's episode, you'll learn one of the best things you can do to get out of being overwhelmed. Did you know the word overwhelmed has roots in the 15th century idea of being completely submerged? That's a great description, isn't it? I would describe feeling overwhelmed as drowning in the sense of having too much to handle. And I use that word sense deliberately. We sense it because being overwhelmed isn't something that just happens to us. It's an emotion we create with our thoughts. And so that you can get the most out of this episode, I want you to bring to mind something that you feel overwhelmed by at times and see how this discussion can help you feel better too. In this coaching session with Chris, we dive into practical ways for her to stop feeling overwhelmed by all she wants to do around the house. If you've listened to the last two episodes, which are 46 and 47, you've heard about Chris's desire to get her whole home organized and decorated, and being overwhelmed by it all is one of the biggest obstacles getting in her way. The first step, and probably the most important one when we realize that we feel overwhelmed, is to ask ourselves, what am I thinking that is creating this feeling of being overwhelmed? As Chris and I talked, here are some of the thoughts that she shared with me that are probably contributing to this feeling. The whole house is a mess. It all needs to be done. I did a lot of cleanup during quarantine, but it was a drop in the bucket of what needs to be done. The five spaces on my main floor all flow into each other, so I need to decide what to do with them all at once so they sing the same song. I have to clean up first every time I want to do something. It's hard to get the house done when I work full time. My young adult kids leave a mess. I can't have what I want. And the big one, what's the matter with me? Of course, it's overwhelming to think about an entire house or an entire project or a big decision all at once. Our brain tries to process it all at once. Imagine how your computer would perform if you tried to run 20 processes all at once. It will freeze, right? Or slow down and get glitchy. Our computer is more efficient and productive when we run a few processes within its capacity. Well, our brain is a lot like a computer. When we feel overwhelmed, it's because our brains can't think of so many things at once. It's our brain's way of trying to protect us and shut us down from trying to do more than we can do all at once. Have you had that experience like me that I can't think clearly when I'm overwhelmed? My brain definitely freezes up. The solution is to realize and remember that we don't have to do it all at once, so we don't need to think about it all at once. We only have to think about and do one tiny step at a time. And we can do that easily. 
micro decisions and micro actions keep us from feeling overwhelmed. And those small steps are within our capacity so our brain can relax and then our body follows. I experienced both sides of this often when I was planning big conferences, and there were literally hundreds of details to attend to, which absolutely had to be done by a certain deadline, the day of the conference. For sure, I felt like I was drowning when I thought about it all at once. And no lie, I did get into that mode more often than unlike. I learned to make a big plan of all the steps, but then just focus on the next thing that I could do right now. And step by step, I got all the critical things done by the big day. I had to trust myself that I would keep crossing off the to-dos in good time and it would all work out. And then I got to really experience what our brain can do to us when it's overwhelmed because Always on the morning of the conference, I'd be up at 4 a.m. and my mind would just be flooded with these stress hormones and I couldn't think clearly for the first few hours. I would have lots of physical energy to get it all set up and follow the steps on my list, but I had a hard time making decisions on the fly or adjusting to problems that weren't on my list. I had learned that I better have everything in place and everyone trained ahead of time so that our plans could just unwind without much input from me. It's so fascinating what our brains can do to us. Now, it would be interesting to go back and do that again with the skills that I've picked up in the last few years of study and practice about managing our mind. One of the habits that we're working on for Chris is to think less about the whole big project at once, but bring her attention to focus on one small specific action she can take, just the next action. First, we narrowed it down from the whole house to one room, her dining room, and then she decided the next project in the dining room was to choose the artwork because she wants to choose paint and drapes based on the art. Then I helped her see that the task of choosing artwork is still too big. We worked to get even smaller and more specific. What was the very next thing she could do about choosing the artwork? This is what we call a micro decision. And she decided that it could be measuring the wall space for her artwork. She just needed to know what size of art she could display on that wall. Not the style, not the color, not where she would get it, not how much she wanted to budget for it. Just measure the space and save that info somewhere where she could find it again. One tiny micro action. That was her homework after our first session. And in our second session, I asked her how that went. And we'll start with reviewing some of the things we decided you would try and do the past week. And when was this micro decision and micro action of measuring the space for the art in your dining room? So what happened with that? (laughs) Okay, so I did measure it. So I, I measured how much space was already going to be taken up by two big plants. I have already made that little decision. And Mm -hmm. I measured my piece of furniture that's there. I know what's the biggest and what's the smallest it should probably be. (laughs) Oh, good. So you have a range. I have a range. Yeah. Yes. So it could be one piece of art or it could be a collection of art. Okay. That was a very small thing, but you told me, do not diminish that action as too small. Right. (laughs) Yeah, good. That's great. Here's what's so important. Like, how do you feel now that you did it? Honestly. Uh Okay. My thoughts are that wasn't so scary. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, you know, like, okay, that was just a little thing I can do. That's out of the way. Mm-hmm. I can take one more small step. Yeah. If you were going to say an emotion that you feel about it, what would it be? I guess I feel peaceful about it. Peace is good. Maybe I feel responsible because I made a tiny step. Oh, yeah. And you did it. You followed through. I'm sure you can see how when we feel peaceful and responsible, we have more energy, more clarity, and more brain space to get things done than when we feel overwhelmed. How much energy do you have when you feel overwhelmed? I don't know about you, but even thinking about that word powers down my body, my mind, and spirit. My inner light goes dim. I even feel my shoulders and chest sink. How is your energy when you feel peaceful and responsible? Ready to do another small step? Well, since Chris accomplished that first micro action so well, she decided what her next micro action would be. What's the very next step you need to take? Okay, so um, I guess what I need to do is ask my daughter if she's willing to make me some art because Mm -hmm. she's a great artist, but whether she would be willing to take the time. Sometimes she says yes, and sometimes she says no. So I haven't known whether she would do that for me or not. I gave her some ideas of things that I think are great, and if she could do something similar to that. So why don't I pin her down on whether she could do something? Even if not, like maybe not a big painting, it could be something she's already done, and then maybe add a new one or something like that to it. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. So that's the next step to move this dining room forward. Now, you might be thinking these tiny steps are not real progress. I mean, watch an HGTV home show and they can remodel, landscape, and decorate an entire house in three days, right? But think about this. How long has Chris been frustrated in her home situation? It's been years, and if nothing changes, more years will go by and it will still be in the same condition. So even if she took a year to complete the dining room, it would still be a big win. Sometimes we think if we aren't getting a project done fast enough, we lose motivation and energy. So if you looked at a year, if you did 52 of these tiny actions, how much of the dining room do you think could be done? It's not that big of a dining room. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking that probably way, way way less than a year. Yeah. Way less than a year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it seems like it's slow progress, like a steady pace of doing these tiny things. We'll get it Mm -hmm. done. And we're going to talk today about enjoying the process. I want to really get into that. It can sound like taking a tiny, almost imperceptible action once a week is not going to make much of a difference, but success is not measured in how fast it gets done, but instead it's the way you enjoy yourself doing it. And if you feel satisfied with the process and confident about your ability to trust yourself, to keep taking small steps and moving forward, to use it as a learning experience that will change the way you approach big things like this forever more. I mean... I could go fly to Ohio and help Chris get this dining room done in a week, just like on HGTV. And then she would go look at her kitchen or her bedroom and be overwhelmed again because she wouldn't have created and practiced that new mindset, the emotional management and habit of taking micro actions so she could succeed with every single project for the rest of her life. 
I remember my youngest son's kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Poindexter. The first few weeks of kindergarten, they practiced over and over again the right way to get a drink, the right way to line up for recess, how to put the toys and supplies away, how to keep your hands to yourself at story time. The teacher was very loving and she made it fun, but she wasn't kidding. She would have the children rewind and do it over and over until they remembered how to do it right. And then they'd make a big celebration when they did it well. And then the entire rest of the year, she had an orderly class and they could make big progress learning and exploring because those tiny habits were established and rewarded. So appreciate a steady pace. Sometimes slow and steady wins the race and is the best strategy. Then Chris and I made a list of micro actions, the smallest next actions in the dining room, and we came up with about 10 to get started on next. They included some things like having a conversation about tile with her husband, finding a source for a curtain rod, getting paint samples for the walls, buying two palm trees. Even with small micro actions, you'll find that this small but consistent movement forward builds momentum and enthusiasm and confidence. Chris and I brainstormed a few different ways that she could keep track of the things that she gets done over time so that her progress is clear. Otherwise, it would be easy to forget about all those little steps forward if she doesn't acknowledge them in some way. She might forget what she's done and get discouraged. So she decided to put a chart up on her bedroom wall where she can see it regularly. A lot of power comes from starting to trust ourselves, honoring our commitments to ourselves to do one micro action at the pace we set for ourselves, whether that's once a week, once a day, or once an hour, totally depending on the situation. As she builds trust and confidence and the overwhelm starts to subside, Chris could even start to pick up the pace and do two or three micro actions a week if she wanted. You remember the story about the tortoise and the hare, right? Slow and steady can win a race as long as we keep taking one tiny step at a time. Once we start honoring those commitments to ourselves and trusting ourselves more, there's no telling what can happen. In the beginning, training our mind to think like this is way more important than getting the project done, just like in Mrs. Poindexter's kindergarten class. So how about you? What big project or big decision is overwhelming you lately? How could you relax about it and focus on the next micro decision and take the next micro action? How can you slow down and train your brain to think in small steps instead of the whole big shebang? Now we've come to the end of our episodes with Chris. Some things I don't think I mentioned about Chris. First of all, she's my sister, and I appreciate her being willing to be the guinea pig in this project of sharing some real-life coaching. That was very brave of her, especially because she's never worked with a life coach before, and she had no idea what to expect. A lot of these ideas were new to her, and she's really just getting started on this kind of mindset work. I really enjoyed getting to share this experience with her. And here's the thing. We met for three sessions, and at the end, she started to make the connection between her hesitation to make decisions in her home because she's afraid of regretting her decisions and realizing that it was very similar to what has been holding her back from moving forward in other areas of her life. 
This is a common experience I see with clients. They start with one goal or challenge they want to work on. And before long, they start to see how the same patterns are showing up in so many areas of their lives and how it's all connected. The way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And in midlife, we have a lot of experience to look back and see those patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions that have created the life we have today. All these great ideas of ways to approach things, a way to think about it and breaking things down. I just, everything you're bringing forth here is so useful Mm -hmm. and so helpful to me. And especially this thing about, I don't know, this fear of regret's been a big thing in my life. And Mm. So many times in my life, I don't change things I should have changed. I'm in that job way too long Mm. because the known is so much easier than the unknown, right? Mm. And the mountain of effort it takes in in some cases to get a new job. And that's one. I usually just stick around just way too long and things like that. So there's just all kinds of things here, universal principles I can just apply to so many different parts of my life. Yeah. And kind of get over some of those little barriers I've built up around myself, (laughs) you know, not being willing to step out and go, gosh, you know, I don't have to be afraid of doing that. Mm -hmm. What have you got to lose? Mm -hmm. I love that. It's so true because these things affect everything. And so when you start to work on one thing in your life, it affects all areas of your life. This is why I think coaching is so helpful because you start to change the way you think all the time for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to thank Chris for sharing her experience with all of you. It was great to see her make that connection and understand something that's been getting in her way for most of her life. We can't change something that we can't see. So she's done some great personal development work here. I have so much confidence in you and your ability to grow, change, and experience that fulfilling life that's waiting for you without feeling overwhelmed. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. Midlife can bring lots of life circumstances that can feel overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be that way. You really can feel better even when those circumstances don't change. My 16 and 6 coaching program is designed just for people in midlife who are ready to experience the fulfilling life they want in this next stage. Because a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. I'd love to talk to you about your life and how coaching could be just what you need now. And that intro call is always free. Also, if you're interested in being a guest client on the podcast and getting three free coaching sessions, let me know. You can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or set up a call on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com or message me on social media. All that's in the show notes. Take care until next time. Thank you.